Welcome to the Alpine Psalmist Podcast. I'm your host, Torre. Thank you for joining me today. And today, I want to discuss something known as the Millennial Day Theory. Now, uh, people often ask me, why do I believe that we are close to the end of the age? And I believe the Millennial Day Theory is one of the most compelling reasons why I believe that we are near the end of the age. And so in a nutshell, what the Millennial Day Theory teaches is that in the book of Genesis chapter 1, we see the that God created the heavens and the universe in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested, correct? Well, the millennial day theory teaches is that each day of creation is a foreshadowing of a future 1,000 years of human history. Essentially, it teaches in a nutshell that there is to be 6,000 years of human history followed by 1,000 years of rest, known as the millennial reign of Christ. And so today I want to go a little bit into this theory and explain how it came about, this teaching. Uh, I'm not going to get too deep into the woods because I'll be honest with you. You can literally spend hours on this topic. My goal today is to really just give you a brief survey of this um, teaching and I would encourage you to go back yourself and study it, and I would love to hear what you think. And before you think that I just, you know, pulled this out of thin air, uh, the interesting thing about the Millennial Day Theory is that it really is not a common teaching in most churches today. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen a mainstream pastor, mega church leader ever preach on this. Um, I don't think I've even seen a small church pastor preach on it. It's a very um, little known doctrine that's taught today. Um, you know, some teachers do, you can find them online teaching it, but you don't really see it taught a lot in our mainstream churches. But it is a teaching that was very common uh, during the early church. In fact, um, just to, to give you a heads up in case you think I'm just pulling this out of nowhere, I'm not. This was a teaching that was taught by all of the early church fathers. It was taught by St. Augustine, Justin Martyr, Arrhenius, Latinius, just to name a few. So it was a very common teaching in the early church. And I, and I bring that up because many times I find that many contemporary Christians um, discount the the teachings of the early church, which I think is a mistake. Be and I say that because many of the early church fathers really give us a good insight into first century Christianity because they knew the apostles. Um, the millennial day theory was also taught by the apostle Peter as well. And so this theory was not, this teaching, I don't even like to use the word theory, but this teaching was not just common in the early church, but it was a very common teaching in um, ancient uh, Judaism as well. It was very common during the second temple period of Judaism um, prior to the arrival of Christ, this idea that there is 
6,000 years of human history followed by a seventh day of or a thousand years of rest. In fact, to this day, many Orthodox Jews still hold to this teaching that there will be a 6,000 year period of human history. And at the end of that 6,000 year period, the Messiah will appear. And so I bring that up because it kind of gives you an idea of the thinking of early Christians who were predominantly Hebrew, and they took those thoughts and they adopted it in the early church. And so I think it's interesting, the history um, regarding this. Um, and, and this was also a common teaching among the Essenes as well. The Essenes, um, as many of you know, were a sect of Judaism, ancient Judaism, and they lived in the wilderness and they're responsible for the Dead Sea Scrolls that were found in 1947. Um, some say that John the Baptist was an Essene. Many of the Essenes, according to some scholars, um, were the first Christians. So this was a very common teaching for thousands of years um, among believers. So it's not something that's new. It's something that's been around. And I also bring this up because I always hear people say, you know, Teray, uh, people have always thought they were living in the last days. And that's just not true. The early church fathers explicitly taught that there would be 6,000 years of human history before the end of this current age. And so they knew that um, that Jesus wasn't coming in their lifetime. They, they, they knew he wasn't because they knew that 6,000 years had not been completed yet. So, so we have an idea of where this idea came from. Let's start and let's look back in the book of Genesis and let's get a little bit deeper. So in Genesis chapter one, we see that God created the heavens and the earth and the animals and humanity in six days. And on the seventh day, he rested, right? So six days of work and on the seventh day, he rested, which really mimics um, our our work week, right? Um, in most you know societies today, most people have Sundays off. Now, not all of us work on Saturdays. Some of us do, but generally speaking, our accepted culture says there are six days of work where stores are open. On the seventh day, Sunday, people rest, right? So God had six days of work. And on the seventh day, he rested, we see in the Genesis creation account. Well, the millennial day theory teaches that each day of creation corresponds to a 1,000 year period of human history. So you got to ask your question, where did this idea come up with that one day equals 1,000 years? Where did that idea even come from? Well, we see this mentioned more than a dozen times in scripture. Uh, remember, scripture always interprets scripture. In Psalm chapter 90, verse 4, the psalmist writes that a day is as a thousand years to the Lord. We also see in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, that the apostle Peter reiterates this idea that a day of the Lord, a day in the eyes of the Lord equals a thousand years. In fact, Peter in Second Peter, 
he goes on this long uh, sermon about how God is patient and that he is long-suffering. And he talks about how in the last days, mockers will come and say, where's the promise of his coming? And he talks about the flood and he talks about how God will eventually destroy the earth with fire again. And he brings up this, this idea that a day to the Lord is as a thousand years. So those are the two most prolific passages where this idea that a day is equal to a thousand years. Okay, so that's where we get that from. And it was a well-known concept among all of the early disciples, apostles, and early church. That is why the apostle Peter reiterates this in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. Okay, so we now know that a day is equal to a thousand years in the sight of the Lord. So how is this principle then applied? And I love this passage because it beautifully illustrates how this principle is applied. If you look in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, I would encourage you to go back and read it. Because what we see in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, is that God warns Adam. And he tells Adam that in the day that you eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall surely die. Now, I remember hearkening back to Sunday school, and I remember as a kid, we would talk about the Genesis account and how our early parents ate of the tree of forbidden knowledge, right? You remember those stories in Sunday school? And I remember the Sunday school teacher always saying, explaining this verse by saying, see, Adam and Eve died spiritually in the day that they ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and they were kicked out of the garden, which is true. They did die spiritually, but it's a little bit deeper than that. See, Adam, if you look at his genealogy, Adam died at 930 years of age. He died 70 years short of 1,000 years. So when God warns Adam and says, in the day that you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die, God wasn't lying. In God's eyes, see, in God's eyes, Adam did die in one day because he died 70 years short of 1,000 years at the ripe old age of 930 years old. So not only did God, not only did Adam die spiritually in a human day, but he died physically in God's eyes in one day because he died short of 1,000 years. And so I love this passage because it beautifully illustrates this principle that a day unto the Lord is as a thousand years. And that is why so many of the early church fathers and the apostles taught this teaching. Okay, so that gives us a little bit of perspective on application. Now, let's go back to Genesis chapter 1. I'm not going to read out the entire chapter. I recommend you go back and read the Genesis um, 1 account of creation. Um, but I'm going to show you that each day corresponds to a thousand-year period of human history. And I have to be really clear here. Uh, the clock starts on the 6,000-year period of human history at the creation of Adam, okay? It's very important to point that out. And I point that out because I got into this really big discussion uh, a while ago with someone who said that the earth was not, 
you know, 6,000 years old and all this yada, yada, yada. And honestly, I don't want to get into that today. That's not my goal. That is a completely separate podcast. And there are reasonable scholars who make biblical arguments for the universe being much older. And I'll just briefly go over it. In Genesis, cha- in Genesis chapter 1, 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And depending on what translation you use, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says the earth became formless and without vo- and became void. So some teachers and scholars call this the gap theory. And they say that something happened between Genesis chapter 1, 1 and Genesis chapter 1, 2. Some people have conjectured that there was the angelic fall during that period and that possibly billions of years could have passed. Um, I'm not sure. This is something I'm studying and I'm, and I'm trying to understand. I need to do more research on it. But I'm just, I'm just giving you a little bit of knowledge of, of how people come up with this idea that there is a gap theory. Because in Genesis chapter 1, 1, we see that the heavens and the earth were created. And then there was some type of event that happened, but it's not mentioned. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, 2, it became formless and void. And so... I'm just going to put that to a side there. Is it possible that billions of years passed during that time period? The angelic fall happened during that time period? I guess so. But it doesn't matter. Because we see in Genesis chapter 1-2 that God begins to recreate the universe again. And we see in Genesis chapter 1 that on day 1 of creation, the most important event happened. Light was separated from darkness. This first day of creation corresponds with the first 1,000 years of human history. Well, what happened in the first 1,000 years of human history? In the first 1,000 years of human history after the creation of Adam, we see that light was indeed separated from darkness because righteousness was separated from wickedness when Adam and his companion Eve ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and was kicked out of the garden. Sin entered the world, corruption entered the world, and so just as in day one light was separated from the darkness, so too was righteousness separated from wickedness during the first 1,000 years of human history. Now, keep in mind, under the Hebrew calendar, the first day begins with the creation of Adam. So that's where our time clock's going to be. Day zero starts with the creation of Adam. Okay, so that represents the first 1,000 years of human history. What happened on the second day of creation? On the second day of creation, God separated this wa- separated the waters. This corresponds to the second 1,000-year period of human history, which would represent year 1,000 through 2,000. This corresponds with the flood of Noah. Just as God separated the waters on the second day, so too did the waters from the flood cover the earth during the second millennium of human history. This was God's judgment brought upon the wicked angels who um, created the Nephilim. And this was also God's um, 
purpose to cleanse the earth and start over again with Noah. So that's beautiful. During the second millennia, just as God separated the waters during the creation account, we also see this corresponds to the second millennium of human history when the flood came. What happened on day three? The most important event on day three is that God yielded seed for plants. This corresponds to the third millennium of human history. What happened in the third millennium of human history? We see during the third millennia of human history that the seed, the Torah, was given to humanity. The word of God was given to the people of Israel. So this corresponds to day three. What happened in day four? In the day four of creation, we see that the sun was created. This corresponds to the fourth millennia of human history. During the fourth millennium of human history, we see that the Son, Jesus Christ, came, was born into the world to a virgin, and he was crucified, buried, and was resurrected. That's why he is called the Son, Jesus Christ. He's the Son of God. He is the greater light. He is the light of the world. And just as in day five, the sun was created, sorry, just as in day four, the sun was created, so too in the fourth millennia, Jesus Christ, the son, came and died on the cross for all the sins of humanity. What happened on day five of creation? On day five of creation, we see that life was created. Birds were commanded to fly through the air and fish were commanded to multiply through the streams. Life teemed on the planet during day five. This corresponds to the fifth millennia of human history. What happened in the fifth millennia of human history? During the fifth millennia of human history, the gospel went forth into all the earth. Just as the birds multiplied through the air, so too was the Holy Spirit given to the disciples to command the God, to command and preach the gospel message to all creation. The disciples were commanded to bring life to the world through the message of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. This happened during the fifth millennia of human history. Okay, On day six, what do we see in the creation account? We see on day six that man was created by God and was commanded to have dominion over the planet on day six. This corresponds to the sixth millennia of human history. My friends, this is the millennium that we are currently living in. In the last 1,000 years, we see that man truly has fulfilled his purpose of having dominion over the earth. We've seen rapid population gain in the last thousand years. We've seen humans go to every corner of the globe and populate every continent, right? We've seen a mass explosion in our understanding of the universe, in science, in knowledge, in medicine, in communication. And so we see that man in the sixth millennia of human history has indeed have dominion over the earth and all of creation. This is the millennia that we are living in. So, to recap, the Millennial Day Theory teaches that in the book of Genesis, chapter 1 and chapter 2, that God strategically 
placed the creation account to be a foreshadowing to all 6,000 years of human history. 6,000 years of suffering and toil. And what happened on the seventh day? On the seventh day, we see that God rested. My friends, the seventh day has not started yet. The seventh day of creation is when God rests. See, the seventh day represents the seventh millennia of human history. This is the millennial reign of Christ. This is why Jesus calls himself to the disciples. He says, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Why? Why does Jesus proclaim that he is the Lord of the Sabbath? Because the Sabbath represents the seventh day, which is the seventh millennia of human history, which represents the millennial kingdom, the millennial reign of Christ, the physical reign of the Messiah from Jerusalem. It hasn't taken place yet, but it will one day. We are currently in the sixth millennium of human history. Uh, let me break this down for you a little bit more. We see if we go back, so remember, day zero starts with the creation of Adam, okay? And if you look at the calendar, uh, 2,000 years passed from Adam to Abraham, which represents two days in the eyes of God. From the time of Abraham to Jesus, another two days have passed, which is another 2,000 years. So from Adam to Jesus, 4,000 years passed, otherwise known as four days. And from Jesus to now, two full days have almost passed, nearly 2,000 years. Why is this important? Well, depending on who you talk to and various scholars, and I've researched lots of different dates, most scholars agree that Jesus was crucified between, what, 27 AD and 34 AD. And if you go two days or 2,000 years from the crucifixion, let's say it's 30 AD, that puts us sometime around the 2030s. Why is this important? It's important to understand this. Because a full two days or 2,000 years have passed since the time of Christ. Nearly six days or 6,000 years have now passed since the creation of Adam. My friends, that is exciting. Because if the early church fathers are right, and if the early church believers were right, that means that we are approaching the end of human history as we know it. Nearly six days, nearly 6,000 years have passed now since the creation of Adam. Now I should be very careful here because I don't believe in setting dates and it is very wrong to set any dates. But we will know the times and season of Jesus's return. Jesus warned us of us. In fact, Jesus told us to watch for his return. And so if the millennial day teaching is correct, that means that we are about to enter the last few years of the 6,000-year history of man. And as I said before, nearly 2,000 years have passed since the crucifixion, which puts us sometime in the time frame 
frame of the end of 6,000 years sometime in the 2030s, possibly as late as the 2040s, okay? So that's something to keep in mind, and, I, and I'm sharing that with you to uh, encourage you, not to scare you, uh, because, you know, the you know, a lot of times people, when they think of the end times, they think of it as this scary thing, but actually, you know what? It's a beautiful thing because it's the end of the age and it's the commencement of the millennial reign of Christ, the seventh day, the day of rest where the Lord of the Sabbath, Jesus, will rule and reign from Jerusalem. That is exciting, you guys. It's exciting because that means that the day of rest is coming. That 6,000 years of suffering and, and human toil and the curse of sin is about to end and that Jesus is about to rule and reign and return and bring peace to the earth. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so, you know, it's really interesting because these... You know, prophecy is pattern. It really is. It, it really is pattern, and there's a lot of things, and there's so many hidden things in the scripture that point to um, the coming of Messiah, the coming of Jesus. And I'm just going to give you a few of them here, where this 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 principle of the the days is applied again. We see in Hosea chapter five and chapter six, and I would highly recommend you go back and read there read that. But in Hosea chapter 5 and chapter 6, we see this prophecy that the prophet Hosea gives. And basically, in a nutshell, he tells Israel that the king, who is the Lord, the Messiah, is going to go back to his place. And that they, Israel, is going to be torn to pieces because of their disobedience. But in Hosea chapter 6, verse 1 through 3, in, in Hosea chapter 6, verse 2, the prophet Hosea tells the people of Israel this. He says, after two days, he will revive us. And on the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his presence before him. Now, remember, a day equals a thousand years. And so the prophet Hosea tells the people of Israel, hey, you're going to be scattered. You're going to be destroyed. The Lord's going to go back to his place. Now, when did that happen? We know that the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. We know that the nation of Israel was scattered, the people were torn to pieces, scattered in 70 AD. Right? We know that for a fact. And so this was a, a fulfillment, I believe, of Hosea, um, the prophet Hosea. But the prophet Hosea reminds the people of Israel that after two days, he will revive them, and on the third day, he will raise them up, the people, in his presence. So we know that the destruction of the temple happened in 70 AD, right? That the, the, the end of, of the nation of Israel happened 40 years after, after Jesus was crucified on the cross and was resurrected. So two days after that was about is 2,000 years, Correct. Well, the prophet Hosea says that within two, day, in, in two days, he will revive them. And we see this was literally fulfilled in 1948. Nearly 2,000 years, not quite 2,000 years, but within day two, the nation of Israel was revived in 19. So, as I was saying, we know that after two days, the nation of Israel was revived 
within day two, right? In 1948. And then the scripture says, on the third day, he will raise them up in his presence. That represents the seventh day. Two days from the time of Jesus, which is 2,000 years, we have seen this prophecy fulfilled. In, so if you can go back and read Hosea uh, chapter uh, 5 and 6. I highly recommend it. I like that one uh, because Jesus is basically promising that he will return in two days. Okay. We also see this principle of the uh, the six days and the seventh day being a day of rest in as an example in Job chapter 5 verse 19. In Job chapter 5 verse 19, he says he will deliver you from six troubles, and on the seventh, no evil shall touch you. Uh, the six troubles represents 6,000 years of human history, and on the seventh, no evil shall touch you. This represents number seven, perfection, the seventh day of rest, or the final 1,000-year millennial reign of the Messiah. Let me give you another example. Uh, there are so many example of this, examples of this in Scripture. I, I wish I could go ever, over every single one, but there's a lot of these patterns in Scripture that show this pattern of the six days and the seventh day being a day of rest. Uh, we see that Jesus did a lot of miracles, right? He did hundreds of miracles, thousands possibly. Most of them weren't documented. But you know what's interesting if you go back and read the Scriptures is that Jesus... Um, healed it was documented that jesus healed seven different people specifically on the seventh day which is the sabbath he healed peter's mother-in-law he healed the man with the withered hand he healed the man who was born blind he healed the crippled woman he healed the man with dropsy he healed a man with an evil spirit and he healed the lame man at the pool. Seven different miracles. Only seven different miracles were documented on the Sabbath, which is the seventh day. I believe the reason why Jesus did specifically seven miracles on the Sabbath, which is the seventh day, is because he's showing us that seven is not only a sign of completion, but on the seventh day, we will all be healed. Because that represents the millennial reign of Messiah when everything will be set right. And so there are so many patterns of this in scripture. I love it, getting into it. Um, and, and like I said before, I don't believe that any passage in the Bible is there by accident. I believe um, God strategically placed these passages in there so that we could discover the richness that is in scripture. And so in conclusion, like I said... Um, the millennial day theory essentially teaches that there were six days of creation, that on the seventh day God rested, but that these seven days, the six days of creation and the seventh day of rest, is simply a pattern of human history. 6,000 years of human history and a thousand years for the millennial reign of Christ. And after that millennial reign of Christ is over, we see that we enter eternity forever and ever with our Lord and Savior. 
And so I think it's really exciting. And like I said before, I think there's reason to believe that we are very close to the end of that 6,000 year period of human history. And this is really interesting because this was something I found during my research and um, I found it really fascinating. But many of the the ancient Hebrews taught that there would be 2,000 years of an age of chaos, uh, 2,000 years for an age of Torah, and another 2,000 years of an age of grace or Messiah, and a 1,000-year period of the millennial reign. And so this basically aligns with the six-day theory of, of 6,000 years of human history. And if we look at the breakdown of those time periods from Abraham, sorry, from Adam to Abraham, 2,000 years pass, which represents the age of chaos. And it's called the age of chaos because, think about it, there was no Torah at that time. There was no Bible, no written Bible. Uh, the flood occurred in that first 2,000 years. So that makes sense. From Abraham to Jesus is known as the age of Torah. So a 2,000 year period of human history. And that makes sense too, because during that age, we see that the written word of God was given to the people of Israel, to humanity. Okay. And that last 2000 year period of human history is known as the age of grace or age of Messiah. Well, that makes sense too, because Jesus came in the last 2000 years, 6,000 years of human history represented by the age of chaos, the age of Torah, the age of grace, and eventually the millennial reign of Christ. Now, I'm going to bring this up just really briefly, and I think it's interesting. Um, according to the Essene calendar, we're getting very close, which you know was one of the sects of Judaism during the time of Jesus. If you look at their calendar, which starts, which which year zero starts with the creation of Adam. If you look at that calendar, um, we are currently getting close to the year 5950. Um, I believe in the, the normal Hebrew Jewish calendar, we're getting close to the end of 6,000 years. And if you talk to a lot of um, non-believing Jewish scholars who are teachers and believing that the Messiah is going to come, that they're waiting for, many of them will say that we are near the end of 6,000 years of human history. And so we're in agreement right there. The only difference is, is that many... Uh, observant and orthodox Jews, they don't believe that the Messiah has come yet. Um, obviously, we're believers and we and Jesus did come 2,000 years ago. And so it's really interesting that in Judaism, we've been living in the age of Messiah for the last 2,000 years. And the reason why they say that is because many um, Jewish teachers say that the Messiah could have come anytime in the last 2,000 years. And they believe that he is near. And so I believe that God is going to open their eyes to see that he is the Messiah. And the reality is that Jesus did come already 2,000 years ago, and he's coming again prior to the seventh day starting, which is the millennial reign of Christ. And so I just think that's interesting and fascinating. And so I hope that you found this study to be helpful. Um, I hope that it made sense to you. Like I said, I just wanted to provide a a brief survey of the millennial day theory. And as I said before, this is not a new teaching. This was something that was taught by the early church, all the church fathers. It was reiterated by the apostle Peter. It's in many of the early church writings. And I think it's very compelling case as to why we are nearing the current end of the age. And as I've said before, um, no one knows the day or the hour, but we will know the seasons. 
and and we will know when the time is close. And so um, the scripture is very clear that, you know, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to search it out. And so my friends, I believe we are near the end of the sixth day. And the seventh day is about to begin, which is going to be the millennial reign of Christ. That means that Jesus is coming soon. And so I'm sharing this with you to encourage you to prepare yourself, to be ready, and to uh, be encouraged to to walk faithfully with the Lord. It's an even encouragement to myself. But I would love to hear what you think. Do you think we are close to the end of human history? And I would like to know what you think of the Millennial Day Theory. Uh, feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions or any comments. If you disagree with me, that's fine too. Study the scripture for yourself. Be a good Berean. Hey, this is the Alpine Psalmist. Keep looking up and God bless.